let's dive into Nothing to Say by The Kinks. Nothing to Say is the penultimate track on Arthur or the Decline and Fall of the British Empire, released October 10th, 1969. And I'm going to start off by saying that you should either listen to the stereo mix on speakers or the mono mix on headphones, because the stereo mix is absolutely dreadful on headphones, even by 1969 standards. There's a hard panning of guitar to the right, piano to the left, um, and it's distracting, and it leaves way too much room in the middle that never really gets filled in, even as more instruments are layered on. Um, it does sound great in the car, though, so either mix is perfect, but um, make sure you're listening to it in the right medium. This is a great track, and I think it would have been the perfect album closer had they decided to put the title track elsewhere on the LP. Uh, it's also a little surprising that this track wasn't at least a B-side for any of the singles um, because it, it seems to have plenty of commercial hook, but, um, of course, so does every other song on this album. And just like several songs in this album, there is a complete breakdown in the middle where the whole vibe of the song shifts, Ray's vocal quality changes, and the band strips things back only to build it up um, into an almost chaotic coda. And they did that several times on this album to great effect. And so what you have is uh, an album that feels like it's got a lot more music than it actually does. And I mean, it's not a short album by any stretch, but it feels like there's a lot more stuff there because Ray threw a thousand musical ideas and again, you hear screams of joy in the background like we did with Victoria. Mick Avery's drums are going crazy. The horns are adding catchy little lines um, when they need to, and then dissonance when, when they need to. And Dave is laying down some really fantastic lead guitar um, all under Ray's laundry list of questions, such as how is your life insurance and how is your trade union? The lyrics of the tune focus on the generational divide, which in my opinion was much more pronounced with Ray's generation than it is with mine. And in a lot of ways, rock music has been a factor in that. You know, it's endured for 60 plus years and has contributed to a closer bond between generations. Um, not that there isn't a generational divide, but the fact that, you know, three generations of people have listened to the Beatles or the Kinks or Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd, um, I think brings us a little bit closer but you listen to the way ray sings you know as a rock and roll generation is talking to his father who's of the big band world war ii generation the age difference might as well be 100 years when in fact it's probably 25. he discusses the good old days walking with his dad having family dinners reveling in the present day but now he's too busy for his father because he has his own kids and his own life to take care of. And he has no response for his dad's pleasantries and dismisses his dad's discussion as adding up to nothing. But here's my issue with the lyrics. And if I'm missing something, I encourage you to send me a message. There'll be information on that at the end. Ray is saying that he has nothing to say. But when we get to the, like through the whole verse, right? He's got nothing to say. But when we get to the chorus, it's pretty clear he's asking his dad the questions. And the response to those questions is nothing to say. How's your rheumatism? How are your chillblains? How's Aunt Mabel? Um, these are not questions a dad asks his son. It's the other way around. So in the verse, Ray has nothing to say and can't be bothered with his dad's small talk. But in the chorus, it seems to me that Ray is the one initiating a small talk and getting nothing in return. And maybe that's the point. Neither one of them are getting anything from these conversations because neither one of them is listening. Dad wants to reflect on the past. Ray doesn't want to go any deeper than superficial pleasantries. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's it's a great lyric with a logic flaw that doesn't hold up to too much scrutiny. And I'm sorry if I've ruined it to, for you by giving it that scrutiny, but it's just something that's always kind of bugged me. 
Also, in case you're like me and had no idea what chilblains are, it's, uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, a painful inflammation of small blood vessels in your skin from repeated exposure to cold but not freezing air. Sounds miserable. I have nothing to say. There's um, not much to speak of as far as music theory uh, this song is concerned. It's pretty basic. Um, though whomever sent Dave Emblem, our friends at kindakinks.net, the chords in C major managed to get literally every single chord wrong. And it's like this in several places, so I'm not even going to fault them for getting it wrong. They might have just taken it from somewhere else. But it, it, it's if you're going there to get the chords for this song, don't. Just listen to what I'm going to tell you. Um, the song is in D major. And at first when I saw the chords on Emblem's site, I thought, well, maybe they wrote it as C uh, intending you to capo it because if you would have capoed it on the second fret you'd play a C shape but you'd be playing in the right key but they still got it wrong it's in D major and it basically cycles through a D chord F sharp major and G for most of the tune that would be a 1, a major 3 and a 4 and if you've watched many of our recent episodes related to this album that major 3 chord is pretty popular uh, device in this time period because the 3 should normally be minor uh, it should be F sharp minor which you hear you hear all the time, um, but he's using an F sharp major on this one, so no minor chords to speak of. For the bridge, though, he shifts the whole song to B minor, which is the relative minor to D major, meaning that they share a key signature. So going from D major to B minor, super easy, super common. Um, it's a great device because it, this goes back to that shift that I was talking about. Um, not only does the mood shift and the groove shift, but the whole tonality shifts to this minor. Um, tonality and again this should feature an F sharp minor chord but he plays B minor A major F sharp major or one major uh, one seven major five now the F sharp major chord could come from the harmonic minor um, you, you would have an F sharp minor major in harmonic minor but then that would make the A chord a diminished chord and it's major in this so he's being a little fluid between natural and harmonic minor, which we just discussed yesterday on Paul McCartney's Monkberry Moon Delight, about kind of this fluidity between um, harmonic and, and natural minor. One interesting thing about this track that I'd be willing to bet a lot of folks never noticed comes from the guitar break. Uh, and that break that features a super crunchy and dirty guitar line doubled with some horns. I love this break and that guitar tone is enough to get me to listen to the song all on its own. But I never noticed until I was analyzing it for this episode that it's actually a 10 beat phrase. And if I were writing it out, I'd say it's a bar of four and a bar of six, but you could do four, four, two or two, four. I mean, well, four, four, two would probably be the only other explanation that would be arguably correct. Um, and the crazy thing is there's no reason at all to do it. They're just sitting on a single note. It's not like there's a phrase or some kind of musical idea that's coming out of it. They're literally just repeating one note. And the transition back into the verse isn't enhanced by waiting two extra beats, but it's a cool moment on the track, and I think they do it mostly because they're sitting on an F natural. And there's no F natural in the key of D, so it's a pretty dissonant bluesy note to lay on for a second. So we've got one, um, one and two and three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right? That's 
really no reason to do it other than just uh, we got that F natural, which is very out of tune uh, on this guitar right now. But and we just want to sit on it for a minute. See, that's where it would normally be if you were just doing it as, as two bars of four. One and two and three. Whoops. One and two and three, four. One, two, three, four. And I'd be willing any band that's covered this in a bar, um, unless they're a really good band, I'd be willing to bet they just did it in, in, in eight instead of ten. And you don't hear the kinks messing with time too often. And even though this isn't like the metric craziness gymnastics that we would get from George Harrison pretty much on every song he's ever done, it's a cool moment that reminds you how much thought they put into every track. Because that is something you work out as a band in the studio while you're making this arrangement. That's It doesn't happen naturally necessarily, um, certainly for all four of them. You know, Ray might have done it naturally, but Mick probably would have you know, kicked them into one. So this is something that you work out as a band. It's a great song. I'm not going to say it's one of my favorites on the album because I've already said that about pretty much every song on this album, but it is really good and really well executed. It has just enough stuff, uh, even though it's a pretty simple and repetitive uh, uh, chord pattern, or, you know, rhythmic, harmonic, all that is very repetitive. There's a lot going on in this track to keep your ear engaged. What are your thoughts on this track? Give me a call, 925-494-1739. Email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. Leave a comment on this YouTube video or subscribe to our Substack, which is now where this podcast is distributed. And now that we've covered this song, every track on the Arthur album has been covered. So it's time to move on to another Kinks project for the next streak of shows. Um, as always, thanks for watching or listening. And for more Kinks and Beatles content, swing by herohabit.com. And while you're there... Join our new social network where we have a Kinks and Beatles discussion group. All right, take care, stay safe, and join me next time.